All right, we're rolling. What's going on, everyone? It's Friday, April 29th. You're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. I'm Zachary Crockett, and I'm here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla. Good morning. And Steph Smith. What's up? On today's show, Snapchat has a new product. They want to sell us tiny camera drones. Will it work? To answer that question, we're going to take a look back at top tech companies' long struggle to roll out popular hardware products. Spoiler alert, there have been a lot of failures. But first, let's go to Juliet for a look at some other news around the web. Thanks, Zach. If you listen to podcasts other than this one, you've probably heard ads for A, Best Fiends, B, D2C hair color brand Madison Reed. Thanks to a $33 million investment, Madison Reed is going to increase its in-person footprint, adding 20 new color bar locations, which are essentially like little salons where you can get your hair done with Madison Reed products by someone else. And they're also hiring 850 new colorists. According to a leaked internal document obtained by Motherboard, not even Facebook knows what happens to your data. The memo comes from Facebook's ad and business product team and is essentially warning that the company might run into issues with regulators pushing for more privacy in social media. The letter uses the following kind of poetic analogy. Imagine you hold a bottle of ink in your hand. This bottle of ink is a mixture of all kinds of user data. You pour the ink into a lake of water, our open data systems, our open culture, and it flows everywhere. How do you put that ink back in the bottle? How do you organize it again such that it only flows to the allowed places in the lake? Those are some great questions. (laughs) But by the way, you can actually see and disconnect what data Facebook collects by going into your settings and checking out off Facebook activity. So pro tip. And you might be surprised by just how many sites Facebook is following you on. I checked and my number was 1,236 sites, (laughs) 1,236 trackers that Facebook is following me on. Wow. I just looked in my my most recently tracked site is my New York Times crossword app. Really? So, yeah. Uh, they collect data too. Mm-hmm. Uh, is nothing in the world sacred anymore? Man. Literally nothing. U.S. GDP fell 1.4% year over year due to supply chain disruptions and a growing trade deficit, which is importing more than you export. Despite the drop, consumer and business spending rose 2.7% and 9.2% respectively, suggesting growth could resume quickly. And now for some good news. Well, at least for one person, Wednesday night, a lucky Arizonian bought the winning lottery ticket for Powerball's $473 million jackpot. Winners can choose between annual payments over 30 years or an immediate cash out. In this case, the cash option would bring that down to $283 million. And after federal taxes, you're looking at around $175 million. All right. Thanks, Juliet. Let's move into our main topic here. And Juliet, since you just warmed up your voice, you want to fill us in on what Snap's latest product is? Yes. So kind of a weird thing. Snap is releasing a little yellow drone. It's very tiny, yellow, very cute, (laughs) to help users achieve their best video selfies. It's called Pixie. And it starts at $229.99. There are a couple different modes that you can tell it to fly around you in. One's float. There's orbit. You can have it follow you. The idea is that you would use it when you want to get videos of groups or selfie videos with both your hands in them, or maybe you would like to record yourself running gracefully along the shoreline, whatever it is. (laughs) When you want the drone to stop, you just hold your hand underneath it and it will land in your palm like a robin to a Disney princess. The videos are stored in Snap Memories and you can edit, send, share from there. It seems to be something of a limited edition purchase and it is only available in the United States and France. Okay. That's the first time I've ever heard a drone described as cute, by the way. It's shockingly cute for a drone. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a little bumblebee or something. So this sounds interesting, but I think a big question here is, is this thing actually going to sell? Is it going to do well for Snap? 
And one way to answer that is to look back at historical precedent. So obviously, Snap has been here before. Uh, you know, back in 2016, 2017, they had Snap Spectacles, but that was kind of a complete disaster. Only 0.08% of Snapchat's users ended up buying these smart sunglasses. Massive piles of them ended up sitting around in warehouses. And, you know, there were some fundamental problems with the underlying technology, with demand, all kinds of things. But there's also really a long history of fang companies, these big tech companies, Facebook, Apple, Google, trying to roll out successful hardware products really with no luck. Right, Steph? Let's start with Google here, for instance. Yeah. So I think the interesting frame around this is that these companies have so much money, so many resources, and they've been successful in many cases with software. So you would think that with the right focus and the right idea, they'd be able to successfully venture into hardware. And to your point, many of these companies have failed. So Google, I'm probably missing a bunch, but they've done Google Glass, Google Daydream, that was a VR headset around from 2016 to 2019. Google's Aura, I hadn't actually heard of this one, and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, <laughs> but it was a modular cell phone. And in that case, that wow. one never even made it to market. So Google's one of many of these, again, very, very well-off companies that hasn't been able to enter into hardware very effectively. And I think ultimately, you know, you can study many of these launches. And if you go and Google, you know, why did Google Daydream fail? Why did right. Google Glass fail? There's a suite of reasons and they don't always apply, but it's always a combination of something like potentially too early, right? Some of these companies are venturing into markets right in their nascency and there's not much of a market ready for that particular product. I mean, mm -hmm. in the case of Daydream, if you're launching a VR headset in 2016, right. we're in 2022 and even the biggest player Oculus is still struggling to really find its footing. Another thing I saw when I was researching a lot of these failures was that many of them were pretty undifferentiated. Hmm. So Amazon and Facebook both have tried to create smartphones both of them failed. Hmm. And ultimately, what I saw in a lot of the reviews on these products was that they weren't really at the high end of the market, like an iPhone, and they weren't really cheap either. So consumers just didn't really see a differentiated product in the market that they wanted to swoop in on. I would say also that some of the failures were maybe just a little too self-serving. So a couple of the products that I ran into <laughs> Clearly, we're just trying to be almost like stepping stones to their main product. So, for example, the Amazon Fire Phone sounded like they had a few too many product placements. They were really just trying to get people to buy through Amazon. And in the case of Spectacles, bringing us all the way back around to Snap, right. those only let you record for 10 seconds, mm. which really was just, again, a stepping stone to get more people recording these short form videos and to be participating in the Snap ecosystem. Right. It's just self-serving for the app. It's yeah. not really a, a, an intriguing standalone hardware product. Juliet, you own a Google Daydream, right? <laughs> that is true. I bought it because it was one of the cheaper headsets on the market, and I was starting to do some stuff with VR. And it was fine. As one of like my first forays into VR, I definitely had some fun with it. But at one point, we <laughs> misplaced the remote because it didn't have two hand controllers. It just had a little tiny remote. And at one point we misplaced it and there was like no way to get another one. So that was just the end of my daydream until nice. we moved departments and I found it again. But at this point, I just see no reason to revisit it because technology has moved so much further. Julia, you said it was fine. I mm -hmm. feel like it was fine is like the death sentence for <laughs> consumer <laughs> hardware. 
Yes, it was definitely one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is fun and cool. And I would only really break it out if we had friends over that wanted to play something on it. But then I just wouldn't use it myself, like unless I was doing a story specifically about a VR thing. And then I'd be like, oh, yeah, I got to go charge that up and get it out. <laughs> yeah, I feel like eh, it's like probably like the worst reaction these hardware companies could possibly imagine. Yeah, exactly. Would you guys buy one of these, though? The Pixie, the $249 what I call flying selfie stick. Uh, that's a hard pass for me. I don't even use <laughs> Snapchat, so I don't know what purpose it would serve for me. But I would also not buy one for the same reason I don't use Snapchat. Although I will say I am curious about what people might do with it. I'm thinking of people who have made movies using just an iPhone. I have there's mm -hmm. this movie I love that they just shot on Zoom. It's like the whole movie is like a Zoom call. And I'm just kind of wondering like, Will I see a phenomenal short come up that was made with the Snap Pixie or, you know, like what kind of artistic things will people do with this? Hmm. I'm sure there will be something, but I read online that the Pixie only has a few minutes of flight time. So again, it's falling in this dead <laughs> wow. zone where it's way more expensive than a selfie stick, which kind of facilitates the same thing, but way less practical or effective than a true drone, right? Because most drones can fly for at least 20 minutes or so. So I'm not sure how much these filmmakers could actually get from that flight time. Hmm. Maybe like a Blair Witch Project 8. <laughs> I don't know how many sequels there are, but like <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> God, that's going to take forever to film with like two minutes of flight time or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a journey. Or they'll just buy like an army of them and, and rotate them. Another interesting kind of case study here is obviously, you know, you touched on Facebook stuff, but they've really been on like an eight year long crusade to try to make hardware work. They've had a few successes here and there, but I mean, the list of failures is so long for them. They've tried to break into smartphones, augmented reality, VR, smart speakers, and they constantly encounter problems. They even at one time, I think, had a whole unit just dedicated to innovating new hardware products and kind of had to scale that down. But this is a hard thing to do for companies that live mostly in the realm of digital products on apps or online to pivot into kind of real world physical products. Yeah, I think it's also a testament to how much focus it requires from a large group of people. I mean, Apple is the world's most valuable company because they have been able to unlock hardware across several different product lines. But I think a lot of people don't consider how much manpower it puts behind each of those products. So just to give you a glimpse into one anecdote I have, a friend of mine happens to be a hand model and she wait, was recruited. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on a second. Yeah, what? I want to know about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we should bring her on. I actually think she might just be a model, but has nice hands. So also does that. But she was somehow recruited for the AirPods launch many years ago. And hmm. I didn't realize this until I talked to her, but they had brought in like many models that day. They had taken all of this footage. They had rented out this massive museum that costed a ton of money just for the AirPod launch video. And she was one of the few models who happened to get one, I think it was like one thumb in the video, despite them hiring again, like, many models to actually show up. And I just thought that was like a funny example where you see the end product, right? Where you see this like 30 second clip of someone opening an AirPods case and you're like, wow, that's cool. But you don't realize how much production goes into that. And you don't realize that Apple in this case, because hardware is their core, their bread and butter that they focus on, they're hiring 
hundreds or thousands of people for each one of these products. Whereas I don't know the numbers for something like a Facebook or an Amazon, but I can't imagine that Facebook poured hundreds or thousands of people into their, you know, like smartphone launch. Right. Wow. What a fascinating story. (laughs) Yeah. Incoming episode on hand models, just for anyone listening. Yeah. Like I can literally see your gears in your head turning all the questions you have about (laughs) what it means to be a hand model. Well, it's so funny because I guess she watched the commercial and they didn't tell them what clips were going to be included. And so she's just watching it with her friends and family. And she's like, oh, that's my thumb. And then the commercial ends. And she's like, that's it. (laughs) That's me. I guess one more interesting thing to note here is some critics say that one of the many reasons Snap Spectacles failed is that they just waited way too long to release the product. They built up all this hype around it and then they didn't release it for like five months. And by that time, you know, interest had kind of waned a little bit. So I do wonder, like, is this drone like available now or are they withholding this release date? So it says it's available now, but it does say that shipment would take 11 to 12 weeks. 11 to 12 weeks. Yeah, my mind immediately just went to like supply chain issues. I don't know if this thing has like microchips in it, but there are many problems with rolling out a new hardware product right now and getting it this off the ground quickly and scaling it might be a challenge. Maybe if it had longer flight time, they could just fly it to you. <laughs> true, very true. Yeah, it looks like a fully charged battery holds five to eight flights in the default flight modes, but you can pay more to get a dual battery charger and two batteries. That's 249. Wow. All right. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. If you like what you heard today, we got a lot more tech and business coverage over at thehustle.co. Have a great weekend and we will catch you all next week. 